As Unitarian Universalists, we find wisdom and inspiration in many places. Jewish and Christian scriptures and other sacred texts, the arts, science, nature, our own experiences. Our tradition keeps us open to revelation from many sources. Today's wisdom comes from Pema Children's The Compassion Book. We can make friends with what we reject, what we see as bad in ourselves and in other people. At the same time, we can learn to be generous generous with what we cherish, what we see as good. We begin to live this way, something in us that may have been buried for a long time begins to ripen. Traditionally, this something is called bodhicitta, or awakened heart. It's something that we already have, but usually have not yet discovered. It's as if we were poor, homeless, hungry, and cold, and although we didn't know it, right under the ground where we always slept was a pot of gold. That gold is bodhicitta. Our confusion and misery come from not knowing that the gold is right here and from always looking somewhere else. When we talk about joy, enlightenment, waking up, or awakening bodhicitta, all that means is that we know the gold is right here and we realize it's been here all along. Thank you, Susan. So although in general I'm a person who tends to believe something simply if it makes sense to me or because it seems right on an intuitive level, I always like it when a theory has some scientific evidence behind it as well. This is what happened to me with the concept of positivity. I always felt that seeing the positive side of things seemed like the best way to live, and I've had things happen in my life that reinforced this idea. Then recently I came across a book by, Barbara, by Dr. Barbara Fredrickson. She's a social psychologist, a research scientist, and someone who's been called the genius of the positive psychology movement. She's done randomized controlled studies showing how what she calls positivity can change our lives and subsequently our world for the better. Positivity can be defined as the practice of being positive or optimistic in attitude and thought. Positive psychology has tons of definitions, but I like this description that I found in the Psychology Today article. Positive psychology focuses on the character strengths and behaviors that allow individuals to build a life of meaning and purpose, to move beyond just surviving, to flourishing. Dr. Fredrickson names 10 forms of positivity. Joy, gratitude, serenity, interest, hope, pride, amusement, inspiration, awe, and love. I always want to add on the end of that, and the greatest of these is love. Not necessarily true, though. From her studies, she found that positive emotions open our awareness and expand our world. 
and this allows us to be more creative and more resilient. When expressing a positive emotion, or excuse me, when experiencing a positive emotion, students were shown to score better on tests, physicians made better medical decisions, and people were better able to look past racial and cultural differences and see similarities and oneness. Dr. Fredrickson states, positive emotions broaden our awareness of the world, allowing us to become more in tune with the needs of others. These last two points in particular, I feel, could potentially help us to solve some of the local, national, and global issues that we're facing. This is not to say that we need to be positive all the time or not feel sad or angry. I'm a firm believer in acknowledging all of our feelings and sometimes really sinking into them. And furthermore, anger and frustration can be a catalyst to making change. And I'll throw in there a congratulation to the UW nurses who formed a new union. But in general, I do believe that we can have more fulfilling lives and often get more accomplished if we focus on things in a positive way. Even in cases of trauma and incredible loss, those who have practiced and built up positivity in their own lives are more resilient and are better able to cope. And there's numerous ways to create positivity in our lives. And like so many things, the more we practice, the better we get. A good place to start is with our own thinking. A while back, I was seeing a therapist for anxiety. Through the work I did, I realized just how much I worried and thought about negative things that happened or even that I anticipated happening. Simply by learning to be aware of these thoughts and then learning to reframe negative thoughts to positive, I was able to move forward in my life in a meaningful way. Another way to increase positivity is to practice gratitude. This can be done mentally. For instance, when I get frustrated standing in a slow grocery line in the store, I remember to be grateful that I always have access to food. And then there's gratitude journaling, which I'm sure many of you have heard of. Some people write something that they're grateful for every day, perhaps something specific that happened that day. And another option is to write less often but more deeply, really putting some thought into it, writing about what one feels grateful for and why. And yet another option is to write a thank you letter to someone who did something special for you or maybe had a positive influence on your life. And this can be someone um, who you know or someone who you knew in your past, like your first grade teacher. Um, or it just could be somebody, an author, or somebody else who you know who's out there in the world who you don't really know but who had an influence on you. So you can write a thank you letter, and you can actually send it or not. You can just throw it away. And you could even consider writing a thank you letter to yourself. Another way of gaining positivity is through forgiveness. Forgiveness for ourselves and for others. And I think we need to be able to forgive ourselves in order to find positivity and have a fulfilling life. And it's also very helpful to forgive others. We often think of forgiveness as something we do for someone else, but really it does more for the one who's doing the forgiving. Practicing compassion and kindness again, to ourselves and to others, is a sure way of elevating positive emotion. One of my earliest memories of God and religion is my Catholic mother telling me that 
Jesus teaches us to love our enemy. This is something that has always stuck with me and has had a fairly lasting effect on my life. She also used to tell us when we were kids that if anyone ever broke into the house, we should offer them eggs and toast. So I'm not really sure what she was getting at with this, but maybe to get to them through kindness? I think because of her early teachings, I've tended to live my life trying to be a kind and loving person, and for the most part, it has worked out pretty well. And I suppose that I see all of these things as examples of positivity. A good way to cultivate compassion and kindness is with meditation. And again, Dr. Fredrickson did studies that show that doing loving-kindness meditation helped people's positive motions to increase. Over time, their resilience increased, close and trusting relationships with others improved, and folks reported reductions in health symptoms such as headaches and abdominal pain. The connection that I make between positivity and compassion is this, that we use love and connection and community to work out our differences. If I feel love and compassion for someone, someone who has different beliefs than me, I can connect with them and see past the differences. If I disagree with someone who I've gotten to know and who I care about, I have more at stake and more of a reason to work things out. And I'll be more likely to really listen. And what I found fairly interesting is that loving kindness is a way to increase positivity and positivity itself is a way to broaden my world, open up, and be more compassionate. One feeds off of the other, and thus both become stronger. And again, when it comes to compassion, we need to start with ourselves. This can be practiced and nourished with meditation or journaling. And once we have compassion for ourselves, we can truly begin to feel compassion for others. And of course, these can be practiced simultaneously. And that is what we're going to do right now. To end this reflection, I'd like to uh, do a brief modified loving-kindness meditation. I think many of you have done these before and probably even here. And I'm going to get a quick drink of water. But everyone, go ahead and settle into your seats. Uncross your legs if you're comfortable and feet on the floor if you're able. Take a nice deep breath, and as you're inhaling, raise your shoulders up. And then when you exhale, just let them drop down. And let yourself sink into your chair, and let your chair support you. And hands in your laps. And take another nice deep breath. And now say in your mind, and along with your breath, may I be filled with loving kindness. May I be well. And now think of someone who you love, and say to that person, may you be filled with loving kindness. 
May you be well. Now think of someone more neutral to you. Maybe a neighbor or a coworker. Really try to feel it and believe it and say to that person, may you be filled with loving kindness. May you be well.